podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 188 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social. Europe's biggest sports podcast network, and also fanatics feeling rather fresh on a Sunday morning for the first time in a very, very long time after Everton recorded the, the first run of the season. Surprisingly, some may think and some may say away at Brentford, but we are all we are all fresh as daisies here and can't wait to discuss a positive Everton performance. Three goals, obviously, to, to go through. Solid defensively, some standout performances. But before we do all that, delighted to say we've been joined by the founder of Kitted Out, Paul Morgan. Now, I've had Paul on the B-side going back probably two years ago now to discuss Kitted Out, what it's all about. But Paul, welcome to the show. Great to have you on, on a, on a, I'd say, on a happy Sunday morning. Um, but obviously, we're going to discuss the game. Paul's a bit of a big Everton fan as well. But before we do, Paul, just let our listeners know what, what Kitted Out is all about and, and what you're looking to do going forward as well. Uh, yeah, so me and um, my partner Michelle and um, John set up Kitted Out for obviously for people without football kits. I mean, we've got loads of um, kids going to football uh, these days who haven't got the right equipment on, and you've got wheels on AstroTurf now where you need to wear these type of boots and you can't wear this. And we were going to community centres first and giving kits out to to families in there and finding out some stories of um some kids haven't even got um football equipment to use so they're using the school uniforms and then they've got no money for new school uniforms so it was a catch-22 early so we just thought let's start trying to get kits in that people have grew out of because it doesn't matter what year the kids from or whatever as long as you've got something to play football in and you look the same as all your other kids I mean, that's all we were looking for, and, and, and from there, really, it excelled. And it's, I mean, as I say, we we discussed this a little while ago ourselves on on the B side, um, and and you you got a big presence now on social media, um, you, you do some some fantastic collections, and I've seen some of the piles of kits that both Everton and Liverpool have have sent to you, yeah. uh, obviously people have provided as well. What what are you looking to do going forward now? Because I know we had a, had a brief chat um, in in the week about about things going forward. What what's the plans now as we look look towards Christmas? Is there a, is there a new push for kits for collections and things like that? Yeah, I mean obviously it's football kits are getting more expensive every year. It's it's a bit of a joke now to buy a football kit for one kid. You're talking fifty sixty pounds, but. If you've got two or three kids, you can't just buy it for one kid. And then people say, well, just don't get a football kit then. But it's all right mm-hmm. saying that. But if you, your son or daughter's out with the mates and they've got the, the kit on or they're going to football, it's it's not being spoiled. It's just fitting in really. And society we live in, it's best if we can help everyone fit in at the times. But yeah, going towards Christmas, we're going to have a big push for all uh, donations of new kits, old kits, whatever people can give and then we can just get them out to as i say community centers and and just help even if we help one person be able to play a game of football that that'll be amazing for us and that's our job we're also going into um the sunday and saturday league like the amateur leagues so we're talking to a few teams now we've got kits that they don't use anymore so that can be passed on to a new upcoming team in the leagues and stuff like that so it's just about trying to help everyone really and keep costs down for 
everyone at this time, especially. So the message is everyone keep your eyes peeled on on social media. Obviously, the main the main uh, platform that a lot of us use is is Twitter or X, as you now want to call it. So on there, it's at Kiss It Out One. Um, so everyone, everyone, get following. Keep keep your eye out on on any kind of post. We'll obviously make sure that we we get uh, we read speech as well and, and support support as we can. So everyone, just just keep your eyes peeled over the next the next few weeks or so. And if you can help out in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, make sure make sure you're doing it in the run-ups of Christmas. So everyone, like you like you say, you know, kids especially can can get involved and, and play the game that we that we all love. Yeah. Um. Fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely love it, Paul. And as I say, we, we'll we'll support ourselves, of course. Um. But let's let's move on if we can. Let's let's have a have a lovely, uplifting conversation about Everton winning the game of football because of we all forgot what it felt like. Uh, last win, obviously Bournemouth, last game of the season. Um. In in dramatic circumstances. Um, and since then, you know, we've discussed it over the last few weeks. We've been unlucky in games. We should have probably won at least two of the games that we've lost. But the pressure was on. You know, we had, was it one point from five games? Um, after, got to be said, last weekend against Arsenal, against a good Arsenal side, it was a, it was a probably real low point in a way because of the fact that we, we didn't really lay a glove on them or offer anything in, in, the, uh, in the final third of the pitch. But Pete... How are you feeling this morning after watching that? You know, a game that that we when we discussed it last week in the, in the preview, we said you know a point would be would be good. You know, give us give us some kind of platform going into Luton at home. But looking back on that yesterday, looking back on the goals, the overall performance, it was certainly one of the uh, one of the the higher points in in Sean Dyche's reign, wasn't it? Yeah, much much needed and and, and well timed. I mean, we were talking. Just prior to recording, weren't we, about how kind of surreal it feels to um, reconnect with that winning feeling? It's it's nice, but it's strange, and it, you know, it's it, it's a statement of um, how difficult things have been. I think. I, I mean, it, it was a really impressive win, and, and you know, not to take anything away from how we played, but I, I don't know what was up with Brentford, um, but whoever we played yesterday, it it wasn't the Brentford that we've you know we've seen over the past couple of seasons because. They just look completely lost. Um, you know, I, I, I thought, I thought we really took our chance, and I think my worry in the first half was that Brentford were going to come out and win it. I, would, you know, I'd absolutely convinced myself at half time that we wasted some really, really good chances in that first period. But thankfully, we came out and we maintained the same level of performance, and we took the game to Brentford, and it was just like it's like every second ball we. You know, we we seemed to win. We were, I think, commanding in the air. I think we won something like nearly seventy percent of all aerial duels. So we were really, really dominant. Um, and I'm I'm glad that we, you know, we managed to uh, to get a couple of extra goals to, you know, maybe take some of the the, the pressure off our goal scoring record and a lot of the attention that's been on that's fantastic. Calvert Lewin got got his goal. Um, I thought Beto was unlucky to come off. I, I know, I know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I, I was really impressed with Beto yesterday. Um, I know he's coming for a little bit of flack for the the chance when Garner Gay slid him through, and I don't know whether he's hit it into the ground or he scuffed it. But you know, he made the right run. I thought he was a real handful. Um, I just thought he absolutely battered Brentford centre half, so they didn't know how to deal with him. So it, it was, it was nice to see us bounce back with a performance um 
after you know after the way we lost against Arsenal. Uh, I know, like you say, Arsenal are a very very good team, and probably nobody expected us to get anything from that game. But I, th- I think the thing that deflated a lot of fans was the the way that we performed, and that kind of lack of fight and heart. And that was really there yesterday. And again, that's always your, your fundamental, isn't it, for for any football club, but especially for Everton. So it, it was nice to see that. Um, and I know we've all got our, our kind of favourites from from the game in terms of performances, but one person I wanted to highlight was was James Garner. Because um, we discussed the team sheet, didn't we, obviously before kickoff. And I think we were probably a little bit surprised not to see Dan Juma on, on that right-hand side. Um, and I think there was probably a slight worry it was perhaps a, a negative lineup, let's say, from Sean Dyche and that he was playing for the draw. And I thought, gosh, this is just going to be a terrible game now. Terrible game. You know, we're not going to be able to get up the pitch. We're gonna we're gonna be really deep. Um and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have to sit through this for 90 minutes. But it it, it was really the opposite. And I think they they highlighted it a little bit um in the kind of post match on Sky. I think James Garner was actually given a little bit more freedom to come inside and get on the ball and affect the game. And he really did. I was really, really impressed with him. Um, and it was it was nice to see as well that, he, he, you know, we managed to see him in his favoured position as well, I think for um, something like, you know, it was the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so when um, when Inanna came off. Because I, I think there's, there's a really, really good football in James Garner. Um, and he, he played a role in, uh, in obviously two of the goals as well. Um, but but on but on that though on that though Peter and the, the the James Garner point's really important because as you say before the game we were discussing the lineup weren't we and all the talk was and I I listen I held my hands up and said when I put a tweet out before the game Sean Dice is a bit weird at times you know we 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 look at what happened against Arsenal obviously a better side but then what we've done is we we, we take out Dan Juma who's a goal threat and bring in James Garner and you think about how isolated better was against Arsenal. Exactly. Is it going to be worse? You know, so so we all had that conversation, um, and we've seen James Garner playing wide right. Of course, this season hasn't really worked because he's he's not, not a winger. You know, it's it's and it's no slight on him. You know, he's, he's a good footballer, um, but obviously the, the manager knows more about football than all of us, and that, that's all that, that, I, that I can really say. But James Garner's inclusion, Lee, was was one as I say, which caused a lot of a lot of discussion. I'm just looking at his heat map from yesterday. Obviously, the eye test as well says it all. But okay, he was concentrated fairly heavily on the right hand side, but but he also spent a lot of time in the middle and also a little bit towards the left as well during the game. And and it it shows that when we look at sides and we look at teams and lineups and and how we think the mind is going to set up, we don't always know the two picture, do we? And and this this is where this is where sometimes we we can come a little bit unstuck. And sometimes you've got to look past the name, the position, you know, of the player that, that's being taken out and what they bring to the game and, and trust the manager in, in his selection. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think in modern football now, positions aren't stationary in it. You've got you've got to be flexible um and you've got to be interchangeable in a game. I think Pete's right. I think Dyche alluded to the fact he brought Garner in. Um, with the Arsenal thing as well to try and see if he could try and come in central, but we had we didn't have the ball. You know, I mean, Arsenal dominated that game, but it's easy to to to, to do that when you've obviously won, and and he's vindicated for doing it. Um, but I do agree with your point in the fact that it's important that players 
you know, I noticed at times when um, Onana and um, Adrissa Gay were pushing on, he was just dropping into that little hole as well to cover them. So it's important that players do have that sort of ability to, to recognise as well. It's, it's in-game management, isn't it, to be able to recognise when another player's pushed forward, I'll drop in. I mean, we said it, we've said it numerous times. Gareth Barry was a genius at that. You know, I mean, he always knew where to be at the right time. And that's just the ability to read the game and read the landscape. And you know, I thought, obviously, Garner's rightly going to get applauded. He, he was one of our best players yesterday. Um, I agree with you, Mike. We had a chat before the game going, how on earth is he dropping Dan Juma, who's, you know, arguably one of our biggest goal threats, you know, one of our best ball carriers. And um, I think I said to you, said, the only reason he's doing it is so, so he gets McNeil in his favourite position on the left-hand side. Because obviously McNeil, if you asked him, he would never want to play on the right. He'd always want to play on the left. He was terrific, so by the way, Dwight McNeil. He was. He was everywhere, wasn't he? He was everywhere. He, he's another one that covered every blade of grass. He got stuck in. He, he looked a threat when he was on the ball. You know, um, yeah, he, was, he was another player that had an outstanding game yesterday. But I just wanted to say, like, the... Let's put it in context, whether Brentford turned up or not. You know, Thomas Frank has rightly been lauded. I, you know, I, I do like Thomas Frank. I think he's a fantastic manager. He was on Monday Night Football, wasn't he, with Carragher the other day. I thought he came across really well. Um, you know, Sky are lapping him up, and, and rightly so. He deserves it. Um, but, you know, we, we did catch them on an off day. But at the same time, you know, look at their record at home. They've only lost one in the last 18 games in the Premier League at home. That's incredible, really. You know, to so give everybody a game, and um, not many teams will go to Brentford this season and 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 thoroughly deserve a win. Obviously, you know your Arsenal's and your Cities will probably go there and dominate the ball, yes. But you know they've beaten they've beaten City, I think, twice in that eighteen game period as well. Uh, I think they showed it on Monday Night Football. He's beaten quite a lot of the top six. So, you know, he's no mug and they're no mugs as a football as a football team. You know, the recruitment's brilliant. We all knew this would be a really tough game. Um, but, it, you know, it echoes almost to the Brighton, the Brighton result, wasn't it, in terms of how we played? I think we got the balance right. We were so much better in possession than we were, obviously, last week. OK, again, a different side, but still, you know, we passed it well. Uh, we were aggressive at the right time. Like Pete said, we won a lot of aerial duels. Um, I thought Bramthwaite, by the way, I mean, this kid, he, he's some player. Everyone's saying, uh, you know, John Stones, he reminds me of John Stones. He, in fact, he does in some ways in his composure on the ball and his ability to pass the ball and his two-footed. He almost reminds you a little bit of John Terry, you know. Like, like he's a bit more physical, isn't he? A bit more demanding in, in the, uh, um, sorry, commanding in the air than, than uh, Stones was at that age. Um, and obviously, we all know Terry was two-footed and good on the floor and everything else. So, Really impressed with him. He's been fantastic since he's come in the side. Um, and like Pete said before, I mean, I said to you guys briefly before we started recording, I know Beto's come in for a bit of stick because he's, he's obviously not very easy on the eye. Um, but he was he was fantastic yesterday. He gave us a real focal point. He occupied the centre-halves. You know, he, he just really out-muscled them. You know, look, he's been, let's be honest here, guys, he's been, he's been lobbed into the side. No adjustment period. How many how many players, no matter how you know, the class, even your honorees and people, they always take a good few months to get used to the pace of this of this league. It's a ridiculously quick league. He's just been thrown straight in there because we were struggling. You know, we had Mope up there who offered us nothing. And let's be fair, he's been absolutely brilliant since he's come in. He hasn't got the goal in the Premier League, 
But, you know, he, he gave us a real focal point yesterday uh, and we were allowed to build from there. You know, he won some great flick-ons. He, he, you know, he held the ball up well. You know, he's running in behind. He made a great run, like Pete said, was unlucky not to score, sort of scuffed it. But that's that. That for me, you see there that chance there where he makes he makes the late run. He sprints. He gets in. Gets in behind. You see, in a few months, I think he probably takes a bit more time there and just thinks it over the keeper. You know, when you're playing in this league and it's so quick, and he's used to it, everything being a lot slower. You know, he's he's got in there. He's he's rushed it, hasn't he? He's just rushed the chance and then scuffed it into the ground. Um, but you know, anyone that's given him stick needs to needs to take a look at themselves because he's he's made a huge difference. And and to be fair, you know, for me, we're on four points now, which is needed. But we'd be sitting on ten points right now if he'd have started the season. I can guarantee you that right now. If he'd have been in the team at the start of the season, we'd have definitely got a result against Wolves and definitely got a result against Fulham. And and that game yesterday, you know, that was the difference between the two sides. You know, Beto came on, you know, gave the centre half, as I said, a real game, and then we brought Calvert Lewin on. You know what I mean? And then there was no respite for them. And then obviously Dom comes on and gets his goal. So the brilliant thing is there, and we said this in, as soon as we signed Beto, competition, isn't it? Competition, lads. You know, Cavaloon's coming in there going now, right, I'm not guaranteed a game now. You know, and Dice has now got a decision to make, isn't he? Who's he going to play next now? And, that, and that, that's what we want. And, um, you know, competition just creates standards. And, and I, thought, I thought Dom, when he came on, acquitted himself brilliantly. So he looked really sharp. So I'm really happy with the win. Um, and to be honest, it just lifts the whole club. It really is. You know, every single news news outlet, every single tweet on Twitter seems to be negative, something negative about Everton, um, even from our own fan base as well. And, and understandably so in some cases, because it's been a nightmare off the pitch. But when you're winning games on the pitch, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Oh, it's a huge lift to the mood, isn't it? You know, straight away, we all feel better on ourselves after getting three points. Like you say, if we started the season with, you know, when we had 10 points at this this moment in time, the off-the-field stuff, massively important, by the way, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be in your mind as much and, and impacting you as much because it's been a tough week this week, you know, with year all other horror stories and talk of administration and, and things like that. And, you know, you, you can't get it out of your mind and because the performance is on the pitch, have not brought about many points at all. Um, you know, the, the the concern is is real. Um, but but obviously going going back to yesterday, obviously you mentioned a few a few standout performances there. But one thing I want to pick up on, Paul, is we, we spoke well, we spoke last week about, as many people did, how poor our set pieces were and the fact that the manager kept Ashley Young on corners and free kicks in the around the area. Yesterday, obviously, Dwight McNeil's taken corners, three kicks, as is James Garner. And it leads it leads to two goals. You know, the first goal, looking at that one, um, if we can first of all, obviously we win a corner, corner comes in, gets cleared. But then obviously we, we recycle quickly. James Garner puts the ball back in. Lovely little knockdown by by Tarkovsky. And then and there's the Corey doing what he's done so well in, in recent times and, and puts the ball in the back of the net. So how pleasing was it for you, Paul, to see to see us actually become and and basically be a threat like we were last season under Dice because when he came in he made some really subtle changes to to obviously our setup from corners and, and free kicks in and around the area and we were, we were always a threat we scored numerous goals from set pieces and we looked a little bit toothless I, I think this season especially against Arsenal last week so how good was it to see us get back to doing what we were doing so well 
at the back end of last season under the manager. Yeah, it's amazing to see, really. I mean, people are saying um, Brentford weren't on it. And you can say that they didn't turn up, but Everton were on it. And we did turn up and we bossed most of the game. Obviously, when we conceded the MD equaliser, we were a bit shaky for a few minutes or something. But after that, again, we were composed on the ball, passing about Anana. Easy passing, just controlling it, and we were playing some nice football. Obviously, set pieces is where we're going to be at our most um, lethal. Like Tarkovsky in the air is winning most edges that the ball gets sent to him. So it was good to see it working in a knockdown. And as I say to Corey, he's, he's, he's a great player finishing wise, he's a great player. He hit the bar as well. I could have went in, it would have been a much more um, easier first half for us. But again, going back to what Lee said with Jared Brandweight. This is what the fans are on about, I think. I don't know who's looked at him last season or the season before and thought, you know what, we're all right with what we've got. He can go out on loan. And he comes back in. You don't even have to look at him for three games or something. Just know how composed he is on the ball. and how Just a complete centre-back he is for such a young age already. There's nothing really phases him. He's always confident. Even players running at him, he always knows where to put the players and show them what way to go. And he's always there on the tackle. So... I think that's just what we were missing, really. Just mad decisions like that from people above the players who were saying we can let it go out. And we're stuck with centre backs last season who maybe weren't on it or maybe weren't even into performing for the team. And as I say, it's just a few decisions like that where you're just thinking, who, who is pulling the strings there and who's making that decision? But as you say, yeah, set pieces, we were lethal all game. And even defending them, we're good defending them and breaking out. But on the offensive, there's, there's not, it showed from our aim. Um, the second goal. I mean, he tried to mark Tarkovsky and he's just just bullies them. Our old our old system's just bullying them. And yeah, I think we played very well. And, and as I say, Beto back the ball to Beto, and he'll do everything he possibly can to win that ball. And he'll just fight and fight and fight. And that's what we've been complaining about as Everton fans: people not giving it all for the badge and stuff like that. So people who give him Beto flack for putting his body about and winning headers. And obviously, how easy was that? The pass from Garnagay, obviously the through ball, how easy did he get past the, the centre-back around the back and just have a, have a shot and goal? He might have scuffed it wide, but it was like the power and pace. We haven't seen that for a long time. It was just so easy to create a chance like that. And next time he'll, he'll score, I believe that. Yeah, and it's easy to, easy to criticise, but we, you know, you have to look at the, the runs that he does make, the fact that he's in the positions. I mean, the first half our performance from Beto, some of those flick-ons that he won, you know, the one which which uh, he set up by McNeil, he went through and it was a whisker away, wasn't it, for him? Yeah. And getting our second goal would have been two 0 at the time. But a lot of those kind of those kind of um, longer balls, should I say, that that were getting sent up to him. We know how good he is in the game. We know how big he is, and his time will come in terms of scoring goals in the Premier League. Um, and like like Lee said earlier on, the fact that you've got now him, obviously you've got Dominic Calvert Lewin, you've got that competition. It's so important then you, that you've got a couple of players who believe they should both be starting, who both offer a lot to this side in the way that we play, and that will then push each other to to become to become better. And and I, I truly believe he, he'll score he'll score goals for us this season. Um, and you know for someone to to come in, let's go back to the Doncaster game when he literally signed was it pretty much the day before. And then goes on for 45 minutes and between him and Garner Gay changed that game for us and got a goal. He, he's looked for me, he's, he's looked, I think, unorthodox, I think, in the, in the way that, that he runs and, and and the way that he carries himself. 
but he's got some fantastic attributes which which I think Everton can can really use going forward. And we, we've got to be, I suppose, in in, in you know with uh, what Calvert Lewin said yesterday after the game in terms of you know when, when he got booed off uh, against Aston Villa, um, we've got to be careful as fans in terms of when we look to to pull players apart and give players stick and things like that because you know. We've got to give players time who come into the Premier League to adjust to, to the speed, to how we play. You know, to come into a new country, it's 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 very difficult to adjust, and it does take time. Uh, but I think I think he's going to be he's going to be a real a real player for us this season. But what one player that I want to look at and discuss in terms of the importance of them and and the growing importance in the last probably six to nine months is the Corey. You know. Obviously, scores again yesterday. Fantastic finish, by the way. Um, he always seems to find himself in, in those positions. Um, hits the bar, like Paul alluded to as well. You know, from a, from a Tarkovsky long ball, he, he brings it down, doesn't he? Does well, holds the man off and hits the bar. Um, how important is the quarry to us, Pete? Because I think, you know, daily part of this season, uh, the fact that we only had one point going into the game, there was a lot of talk around the, the, the three in midfield, Onana, Garner. And and Decore, you know, someone needs to be dropped. His name was mentioned as well. You know, bring James Garner in, play him as a as a ten. Put McNeil in as as a ten. I put I just put Decore's heat map out on on social media there, and it shows he's absolutely everywhere. But how important is he to this Everton side? I mean, unquestionably. I mean, you, you only have to look at how reliant we we've been on him over the past couple of seasons, and his, you know. His unbelievable resurgence uh, since he's come into to Sean Dyche's team, and I know he, he obviously was completely frozen out, wasn't he, under Frank Lampard? He, he, he literally became a forgotten man. Um, but he, he, yeah, he gives us so much, so so much. Um, he, you know, he, he gets us up the pitch. He's incredibly difficult to play against. Um, I, know, I know we seem to say it every time we're at the match, but his size. It, he looks much bigger than he actually is because I, 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 I'm sure he's he's only just kind of touching six foot, isn't he? But on the pitch, he looks like he should be about six three, um, and he's quick, isn't he? He's quick, he's strong, he's very unorthodox. He was really unlucky yesterday not to get the second goal, um, and he, he's one of those strange players where the, kind of the easy chances <laughs> he doesn't always tend to put away, but. He scores so many unbelievably difficult goals. Um, you know, he scored some real quality finishes with with both both feet. He can, he can put his foot through it. He knows where the goal is, and he scores such important goals for us. You know, he, he tend he tends to score goals for us that that win games. Um, so, you know, I'm not not saying he's quite Everton legend status, but do, do you know what? If, if he keeps us up for another season. I think he's there, and I think he sold a few Decore shirts after what he did for us last season. But he's he's very, very reliable, isn't he, with his performances? And I think that's probably something he doesn't get enough credit for. It's it's very, very rare, or certainly I can't think of a game where you think Decore's gone missing, or where is he? You know, you know he's on the pitch, you know he's involved. Um, and, you know, if we're playing badly, we, we, we tend to all be playing badly. It's it's very very rare that he puts in a poor individual performance, and if he does come in for any stick, it might be that he's you know he's missed a chance that we think he should have he should have put away. But he's there and he's in the right positions. And you know, if I was a centre half, I would not want him running at me with the ball. Um, I would not want to be playing against him. And 
I, I think he gives us so so much. Um, and you know, not not to think too far forward, but it'll be interesting. I think what happens with um, with Deli Ali or with that position in general, because I think if he did get injured, I, I think we'd really really notice uh, how reliant we are on him, um, and it would give us a real real problem. So. You know, it might not have been a priority for the the current window, but I think maybe making sure we've got some kind of backup for him in that position for for maybe when he does need a rest um, or when he does inevitably pick up a knock. But you know that, that that's an, that's it's another strength to his um, to his game as well. He's he's been so consistent for us, hasn't he? He's been so consistently fit, available, um, and really you, you could you could even say that. Dyche has arguably kind of built a side around Decore, hasn't he? With the the system he plays, um, it would be very difficult. You know, you look at the bench that we, we've had available under Sean Dyche. There's not really anybody else that can come on and do what Decore does for us. Now, really, we have to change system if Decore comes off the pitch. We have to go to a four four two. Well, as you were saying there with James Garner, if if you play Garner or, or Anana, you're going to get a very different type of player in that role. You can't quite play the same way. You can't get up the pitches quickly. Um, you, you've not got someone that can carry the ball in the same way. So, arguably, you know, Abdullah Decore is is probably going to be the first or second name on on your team sheet um, at the moment under Sean Dyche, and I, I, you can't really pay him any bigger compliment than than that. I don't think. I think he's, you can see as well, you saw it with the celebration with the goals as well. He's clearly well-liked by the squad as well, isn't he? I know you said Lampard throws him out and we were all a bit baffled at the time. Obviously, they clearly, I think they'd had a big bust-up, didn't they, apparently? Um, but credit to him. You know, he's come in. He came into the side when we needed him. And, you know, even from his, his time before Everton, he was always a goal-scoring midfielder. Um, and I think you bang on there, Pete. I think, yeah, you know, he, he gets into some great positions and he misses when he seems to have time. He misses, you know, the easy opportunities. And then he gets one like yesterday, which falls to him on the half volley, you know, and he absolutely he catches it so sweetly, doesn't he? You know, absolutely swings his leg at it right in the top bin. Keeper had no chance. You're thinking, where's that come from? You know what I mean? It's like you're almost shocked because he's obviously. You know, he's not that typically silky French midfielder, is he? You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's like a little bit unorthodox, like you said. So, massive credit. He's obviously clearly got a great attitude. Um, Dice clearly likes him. Um, and, you know, obviously Dan Juma sort of played behind the striker yesterday, didn't he? A little bit. He came a bit more central. Decore dropped back a little bit. Um, so, maybe, you know, I know Dan Juma, for me, still, still is going to be best off the left, left-hand side, cutting on that right side, uh, uh, on his right foot. But um, that's another problem again, though. You know, who, who starts now, McNeil or Dan Juma next game? You know, Garner as well. You know, this is the thing now. This is what you want. You know, you, there's no way none of us would have predicted Dan Juma would have been dropped. Now, all of a sudden, you're thinking, how's he getting the team now? So, and, and that's exactly the headaches that, he, that we need Dice to have. You know, he's, he's suddenly going to ha- have problems. Okay, we might shake up a little bit against Villa. I can imagine some of the players... Uh, that didn't start um, yesterday will probably start against Villa. Um, you know, you, you, and I imagine they'll make a few changes as well. But again, this is just as great. I can don't forget um, we've got the um, what's his like, what's his face coming in as well. Played for the reserves the other day, Jack Harrison. Um, Jack Harrison, sorry, yeah. So you know, and 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 he's a, he's a guy. You know, you can see just from the little snippets, even though it was only a reserve football, 
very direct, loves to run with the ball, loves to carry it. You know, I, I, I believe he looked like he was playing off the right-hand side against Norwich in the reserves the other day, do you know what I mean? So, you know, he, he's potentially now going to be pushing for a place, you know what I mean? And that's, that's brilliant. It gives, it gives us more options again. So, you know, hopefully now the key with Everton is consistency, isn't it? You know, we've had a great win here now. Um, it's going to lift the whole place. You know, we've arguably got a chance now uh, to put to put a couple more wins together um, before the next international break. And that that's what we need to try and do, just try and keep this momentum going. I mean, I just wish, and I know it sounds a bit facetious, whatever, but I just wish we were playing like a minnow side in the week on Wednesday. We'd probably try and put four or five past them, Jimmy, and just to raise it again. Instead, it's obviously going to be a really tough game against you know a decent Villa side who, let's be honest, put us away quite easily last time, uh, even though we were a very different team then. Um, so let, let's see, let's see how it plays out. But you know that that that's what I said before: competition creates standards, and you, you know, and I think that's that that's exactly what we've been needing for a long time. And and I mind you, like you say, it gives him questions to answer. Good good questions. Let's say the competition is there. We've we've got a busy week anyway with the obviously the the league cup, and then obviously Luton comes to Goodison Park. Um, so there the will be players will be given a chance, I'm sure, on, on Wednesday as well. But before we wrap up this the, just his first half, I just wanted to have a have a quick chat around Dominic Calvert Lewin. Obviously, uh, he's worked his way back after injury nightmare. Um, comes back against Aston Villa, breaks his cheekbone. Um, as I said earlier on, he, he made reference to the fact that he was he was booed off by the fans of Villa Park on the day. Um, he's come back in, he's worked his way back. He's been on the bench for the last couple of games. Which is fantastic in terms of, like I said earlier on, the, the strikers pushing each other and creating that competition. But Paul, I'll go with it to see to see Calvert Lewin back on the pitch and doing what he what he does best and what we know that he can do because it was a, I mean, it's a great ball by James Garner, by the way, lovely ball outside of the right foot. But it's a kind of run that we're used to seeing Dominic Calvert Lewin making. He, he looked, you know, he, he was on for sort of what 25, 30 minutes yesterday, and to me, he looked like he he looked at his best in terms of. His hold-up play, he was good in the air. He was showing his pace, obviously, great finish. It's great to see him back and and, and see him scoring goals, isn't it? Uh, yeah, as you said, um, the ball from Ghana is absolutely quality. I mean, we haven't got a lot of players who can play outside of the football. I mean, it, it's, it looked easy, but outside the football, between two players running, is, is a perfect ball. And Calvert-Lewin looked, looked very good. Come on to an easy slot of the... He look, he's, he's very confident, isn't he? When he when he's on his game, he's you can put him through. He might miss a few, but he's an out and out striker. He knows where the goal is. He knows how to finish. He's athletic. He's agile. But yeah, it's good to see him come on. And I think, obviously, last time he went off with the the broken cheekbone and, and some fans uh, did boo him. I think if the fans would have been told he's broke his cheekbone, what do you want him to do? They would have. Oh yeah, because it. I mean, obviously. You're up there in the skies, looking down. I don't think you should boo any of your players, but it's frustration, isn't it? At the time, it was like we need at the at that point we were like we need Calvert Lewin to turn up. We or oh, we're we're done for you. And, and when he goes off, you you're thinking, oh, what are we gonna do now? And it's just it's just frustration, really. But Calvert Lewin, he's he showed them, hasn't he? That we need Calvert Lewin fit and well, and he showed how much of a, a, a great striker he is, really. Because I think he had one chance and he put it away. He was only on twenty five minutes, so. 
again, it shows when he's on his game, he's on his game. We go back to Brighton, the 5-1 away. He was unplayable in that match, holding the ball up, playing the ball off and just creating play and linking up. So we just need to realise that the players do want to play and sometimes it's frustrating being an Everton fan and you, you want players to give more, but sometimes it's out of their it's out of their hands and if you've broke your cheekbone you can't you obviously can't play on so but hopefully now the fans will learn and, and he's done his interview on match of the day and a few people on, on Twitter last night I was reading were like, Oh, he's had to go at the fans but everyone's human, aren't they? I mean, if people had to go at me for what I done, I'd be like, Well hang on, I'm doing this now so you just need to build a relationship and hopefully from this the fans can see that he does want to play for the team and when he's fit he does want to play. So as I say, hopefully it's a good little uh, challenge. It's better with him to see who, who plays in a position or if they can play together with Lechons and stuff. You know what? Fair play, I agree with you, mate. Fair play. I, I, I don't mind him coming out and saying what he said, by the way. And, and, he, and like you said, he's right, he's right to say, but why, why wouldn't you? You know, the, lads, the lad carried on as well, don't forget. You know what I mean? And he was almost too brave for his own good going in for that challenge. You know what I mean? I tell you what, not many strikers would have done that. You know, he smashed his cheekbone on, on uh, Martinez's shoulder, you know what I mean? I mean, that would have been incredibly painful. And obviously, after about another 10, 15 minutes, you could see, didn't it? You could see it's the swelling on his face. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, look, it's frustration. And the fans probably didn't know um, exactly the extent of the injury. And they were just thinking, oh, here we go, he's off again. But you know what? In, in, I know his dad posted a tweet after the game, didn't he? Having a bit of a dig at the fans as well, saying, you know, what, what, the, what the hell do you expect? That sort of thing. Um, but you know what? Fair play to him for calling out on match today and saying as it is. You know what I mean? I got booed by some of my own fans, and I came back, at, you know, literally a few weeks later and scored scored a goal here that basically ended the game. Um, and, and and like you said, I agree with you. I don't think we should ever boo our own players. I agree. No matter how grim the situation is, we should be getting behind every single player. Now, obviously, it helps when you win in football matches. Of course, it does. But you know, I think you know the Twitter in, in in general can be an absolute nightmare for sort of negativity, and you know it just it just consumes everyone. I mean, I think that's basically the platform as a whole outside of football as well. Never mind just for you know just for Everton Football Club, but yeah, really chuffed for him. Really, really chuffed for him. I think he looks sharp, and when when he's when he, when he's fit and sharp like that, like you said, particularly against the bright you know against Brighton. You know, he's almost unplayable. There's not many number nines in world football like him. You know, football doesn't really produce old school number nines anymore. You know what I mean, and he, he's he's a bit of a throwback. Beto is as well, actually. I, and we we've got two of them at our club. So, you know, imagine you're a centre half. You've just been playing against Beto. You know, six foot. What is he, Mike? Six foot four, six foot five, something like that. Yeah. You know, and then fourteen, fifteen stuff. And suddenly. You, You've had a hell of a game, and then Dom comes on. He's also rapid. He's also quick. He's also you know, good in the air. He's got a good touch. And you're thinking, Jesus, this is a handful. This, you know, I've almost come up against two Didier Drogba style players here. Um, and you know, fair, fair play. If we can keep them two fit, you know, and there will be times where they will play together. Definitely, there'll be times where we need a goal, and and, and Dice will have to put, put, put them in. You know, who's to say you won't put them both in against Villa and see how it just experiment and see how it goes? You know, that that's probably a game to do it in, isn't it? It's almost a bit of a nothing game. Well, not a nothing game, but a free hit, really, isn't it? Away to Villa, third round of the cup. Who's to say you might not try that? So, um, and look, Chimiti, a young lad there, is going to learn a lot from those two. You know, he's going to learn a lot. I know he didn't get any minutes yesterday. He came on briefly against Arsenal to try and get a goal, but 
Well, look, he's going to learn a lot from watching those two play because he, you know, he looks like a similar style of player as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and that, again, it's what it's all about. You know, we've been saying for years about obviously having having competition up top, but also having having a striker who can, you know, come through over the next sort of eighteen months, two years. If you if you look then, or if you lose one of your one of your main strikers, they're, they're good to go. So, you know, we it'll do them the world the good to be around. Obviously, a fit Dominic Calvert Lewin and, and a fit Beto in the way that they play, uh, and and their influence on him could be could be massive. And, and who knows, you might see might see Yusuf Chimiti on. On Wednesday night, but I think it's important. That I saw a couple of people yesterday having, having a bit of a go about, about the fact that it, you know Everton fans, and this is from Everton fans, by the way, going overboard because we won a game of football. Listen, let's enjoy it. It's been it's been a tough slog on and off the pitch this season already. It was a tough slog for the last two years. We've gone away to one of the better sides outside, is you know your your, your Sky Six clubs, um, who, who have done terrifically well since they've come into the Premier League over the last couple of years, and we've gone there. And it, for me, giving them a little bit of a lesson in terms of how to go go away to you know to a good club and, and win a game of football, and and we deserve to enjoy it. So enjoy it. You know, we never know when when your next win is going to come with this Everton side. Hopefully, it's 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 this week. Um, but but it's definitely definitely we, we've got to enjoy the, these moments and and you know the performance that we saw yesterday. And you, you've got to say the minds you've got to, got to absolutely spot on, and the players applied themselves terrifically as well. Um, but. It's a big week ahead. It's a busy week ahead. Um, obviously, a couple of games we've mentioned already. Aston Villa in the League Cup on Wednesday before Luton comes to, come to Goodison Park. The first time in many, many years we've seen Luton at Goodison Park. And we're going to discuss the week ahead after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. As we take a, have a, have a quick chat about what's, what's up and coming this week in terms of the, the games Everton have got. As we said, third round of the League Cup is, is first. Villa Park, we've already been absolutely battered there once this season in, in a really, really poor Everton performance. Uh, but we go there on the back of a you know a morale-boosting win, a good away performance at Brentford um, before we welcome Luton to, to Goodison Park. But Peter, how much emphasis are you putting on Wednesday? You know, are you, are you really that bothered? It's probably once, probably the, the best question that I can, I can ask. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I'll be really honest. I'm given the position we're in. I, I'm one of those Evertonians that just think I'm not that bothered about the League Cup. I think that the, the FA Cup holds a, a different place in, in, in my heart because um, I just think it's a fabulous cup competition, and I, I do want us to be competitive. But as, as well, the FA Cup has a, a different structure and a different effect on the squad. So f- for me, I, I guess. My interest in the game is how is it going to affect the team, and I, th- I think it's a bit of a strange one, really, because if he goes with the approach of, you know, more or less play a strongest team with a view of, yet yeah, not just trying to win the game, but I think trying to make sure that we go into Luton with the 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 same um, and and sorry Bournemouth as well with the, the the same kind of positive momentum that we've we've come away um, from Brentford with. He risks obviously, you know. Injuries, fitness. Um, whereas if he, you know, tinkers with the squad a bit, tries to rest players, obviously there's the risk that we go there and we get absolutely battered again, and then go into two very important home games with, you know, that kind of mental fragility again, and um, you know, coming off the back of a of a big loss, which obviously you know we we, we don't want to happen, and you you can see the psychological effects of 
defeats like that on the pitch and you can feel them in the stadium. So I, I do think it's a bit of a dilemma and I, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, I think my expectation might be that he he might persist with, with Beto and just rest Calvert-Lewin arguably completely. Um, and maybe we might see Calvert-Lewin get, get a start um, in the next uh, the next home league game. But I don't, yeah, I don't know what you lads think. I, I think it's a bit of a dilemma, and that that's my biggest worry. I'm not that invested in whether we win the game or not. If we stay in the competition, fantastic. But you know, for me, the reality is we've been in a relegation scrap. We're likely going to at least be on the fringes of a relegation scrap again. And what we want is a a fit squad um, and all our players available. We don't want to be picking up injuries. We don't want to be taking knocks. So I, I just kind of want to survive the fixture, really. I, I think you're totally right. And it, it's what impact, if we don't win the game, we don't get through, what's the impact on, on the side? After, after, you know, really picking ourselves up and, and getting a real, a real morale-boosting win, it's, um, it's what's the impact on, on the side if we do happen to, to lose the game heavily. You know, it's, it, it, well, I said it last week, there's ways and means of losing the game of football. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, whatever happens, whatever changes are made, you know, we can either go on and win the game, which would be terrific, of course, or we can, we can, you know, give a good, a good account of ourselves, um, and and at least show that you know we, we've learned from the Brentford game, we've learned from last time we played Aston Villa. Um, but let you've got to remember as well, Lee, you know, Aston Villa are in, are in Europe, so they were in Europe obviously last week. They play today. They got us on Wednesday. They're back in Premier League action on the Saturday. They got Europe again the following week. So there's going to be changes, isn't it, to, to the side that Villa put out? We know it's a it's a real solid side. It's it's a terrific side. He's recruited really well, um, and and it's one of those one of those um, games that probably both sides look at and and potentially see it maybe as a, as a bit of a a bit of a hindrance. Yeah, I, I, like I said before, I, I do think Villa will make a lot of changes as well. You know, they had a tough game in Europe in midweek. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of, they lost the game. Obviously, a lot of people surprised by that. You know, Emery's track record in Europe is very good. You know, they've been playing pretty well in the Premier League. Um, I think Dice got it wrong when we played him in the league. We discussed that at the time. I think he went toe to toe with him and tried to press them high and. You know, they've got bags of pace going the other way and they, they really sort of you know took us to the sword. Um but yeah, I can imagine that you know they're gonna make a lot of changes. They've got some decent depth there, you know what I mean? Telemans hasn't started a game for them in the Premier League this season yet. He came in he came in, in Europe and played in that, you know, and he's he's a he's a quality operator, you know, Belgian international. Um but, you know, I reckon they will make some changes. Um, I can see the likes of Diaby being rested, who's been very good for them. Watkins being rested. Um, you know, I, I can't see them going all out for this. I'll be very surprised if they put a really strong team out. Um, the key for me is, like you just said there, is to try and keep the momentum going. You know, if we can get a win there, I mean, that'll be do wonders for the confidence. But I just think, it's the way it's the way we go about it. You know, I wouldn't want us to go there and get turned over 4-0 again. Because then suddenly that just affects the confidence yet again, doesn't it? That's why I was saying before, I was ho- I was hoping we'd get you know, a relatively easy home fixture against a sort of lower league side. You know, almost like a Doncaster in the last round. I know we made a meal of that game in the end, but, you know, second half, we, we came and we showed the class in the end. But, 
just something, you know what I mean? Something like that, which would be a relatively easy fixture so we could try and build that confidence again. But it, it is what it is. We're playing a team that's in, in, in pretty decent form. Um, but I do expect us to make some changes uh, ourselves. Uh, like Pete said, does he risk Dom? Probably not. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, Mike, that he's, he, you know, does he start with maybe even Shimiti, um and, and give him a run out? And uh, it's a chance to get, like I said, the likes of Harrison. I can imagine Harrison maybe playing, you know, 60, 70 minutes as well and then being on the bench at the weekend if he comes through it unscathed. I can see that happening. I can see him playing Harrison off the right um, and we'll see, how, see how he looks. Um, so, yeah, it's an opportunity. I mean, to be honest, I, I would still I, I would still play uh, Brampwaite and Tarkovsky at the back as well, by the way. You know, try and get them to keep on building this partnership. I thought Mikolenko's looked pretty good since he's come back in the side. Yes, he was at fault for the goal uh, yesterday. He was miles out of position, got caught too far inside. But other than that, I thought he had a pretty decent game. Again, we know his limitations going forward. Um, I thought Ashley Young did all right, a right back, by the way. I thought he played all right as well. He looked pretty solid defensively. So, you know, overall, um, I hope he sticks with, you know, certainly the two centre-backs to keep that continuity going. I wouldn't want to see Keane thrown back in there with you. I mean, obviously he was dreadful when we played him, but um, but let, let's see, let, let's see, let's see how it pans out. I mean, look, if we were to get through, uh, I agree with I agree with Pete. It's not really at the top of my priority list. You know, Everton have never won the league, Cup, um, which is crazy for you know considering um, the size of the club we are. It's just one of those trophies, isn't it? We've never really had an affinity with. Um, so. You know, it'd be interesting to see what side he picks and it'd be interesting to see what side Emery picks as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I do envisage changes from, from our side as well. If you look at the Doncaster game, obviously there was there was a few changes made here and there for, for that game as well. Um, obviously, Aston Villa are not Doncaster. Um, so I'm sure the manager will be will be quite keen to to keep the, the, the good feeling going, especially with, with what's to come um, on... On Saturday, Goodison Park. Um, but Pete, what would you rather? Would you rather win Wednesday or win Saturday? No brainer. Don't even have to answer it. You, you, you know what I'm going to say. And, and by the way, any Evertonian who says different needs um, needs to give their head a wobble. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I think we we'll all probably agree that we when we look at um, at Saturday against against Luton, that that's the one which obviously all eyes will will be on and. And I think, you know, given the fact that we haven't scored a goal at home, uh, we haven't got any points at home so far this season, should have done based on, on the performances. Uh, but we, we haven't yet, you know, got anything from, from those games. So at home, it's, it's been a little bit of a, of a struggle. Is it mentally for the players? Did, did he not enjoy playing at Goodison Park? Is, is the pressure too much? Um, you know, is, is there a mental block there? You know, because we, I, I said before the game yesterday as well, I was, I was on the Toffee Blues on Thursday and I said, I just think that at the moment, this side prefers to play away. Um, you know, by the Villa game, should have really beat Sheffield United. We, we did we did okay there. We created chances. Okay, we got a point from the game. And I thought we were terrific yesterday. So taking away that pressure of Goodison Park, is is it is it a big thing at the moment? But but we've got to we've got to win, haven't we? Pete? Basically, you know, Luton got the first points of the season at home to Wolves in in you know dramatic circumstances. How, how the penalty was given, by the way, I've, I've got absolutely no idea. One of the worst decisions I've ever seen. You know, as as Gary O'Neill said after the game, by by the laws of the game, it wasn't a penalty. 
Uh, but they got the first points on the board. From what I saw on, on, on match of the day and the highlights that I saw, they, they had a few chances, Luton. Uh, their XG was, was right up there, was, was much better than Wolves. Um, so th- this game on Saturday piece is really important, isn't it, for Everton to, to get some kind of home form going, to potentially string a couple of wins together in the Premier League and also relieve a little bit of pressure for the players playing at Goodison Park. Yeah, it's it's huge, isn't it? It's it, it's ab- absolutely huge. But I think the the massive positive of the win yesterday is it it already takes on a different feel. I think to what it what it would have if we would have drawn or lost that game. In that we've got a little bit of a cushion. I, I do think there'll be less pressure on the players now, um, and also I think the fans will feel it less going into the game now, ha- having that kind of three point cushion. Um, I just think it's so so important because now I think we've we've not just got that kind of psychological protection, but again, hopefully we can have the momentum and the belief just to take the game to them. You know, play like the home side, be aggressive, get at them, play quickly. Um, hopefully, get get the early goal or the first goal. And you know, not to get too carried away, but I, I think if that happens, I think if we score first half, I, I think we could turn them over. Um, and I think that's exactly what's needed. I think it would be the the best thing for us on on both levels if we could beat them by by two or three goals and I'm not saying that's my expectation but I think it would really help us not not just in terms of dealing a massive psychological blow on a on a unfortunately I hate to say this you know survival rival let, let's say um but I think in in helping us start our season and start to look up the table and again go into that Bournemouth game with less fear. I think that's what it's all about. Less fear. I think there's been too much fear about, you know, we can't lose this game, or you know, what will it mean for Everton to lose this game? And the, the win against Brentford is is so massive for that reason. Like Lee was saying, the negativity that's been um that's been around the club and what a win does to to kind of puncture that and create a different story. And that's, you know, that's what Sean Dyche was talking about, wasn't he? And it's, it's kind of um, both pre and post-match that it's it's only Everton that can change the story and it's only the players. And I think that they're starting to do that. And Luton is, is another big opportunity to keep going in that direction. Um, so it, it's an absolutely huge game, but I, I do think it's a different type of game already because of, the success we've had yesterday and I'm feeling a lot more positive about the game and I've got a lot more belief that we can really, really hurt Luton. Um, yeah. And, and I think from from our perspective as well, watching that Luton game yesterday or looking, you know, watching the scores come through, seeing Wolves go down to 10 men, obviously Wolves then took the lead. But then when, when Luton got back to one all, you're almost willing to get the first win in a way. Because the Everton fan in you says the first win is yet to come. You know exactly what's going to happen at Goodison Park on Saturday. So it's, it's that kind of thinking as well. They're going to be eager to, obviously, they, they need to kickstart their season. As I say, they've got a point, which is, which is massive for them. Um, you know, they, they, everyone, everyone's picked to finish bottom of the table or in the bottom three. Um, and that might sound really disrespectful. That was just the feeling, as I say, across the board. I'm not saying me personally, but across the board. Before the season started, you know the the story that they've got from where they've come from, what they've gone through to get in the Premier League is is unbelievable. You know it's absolutely amazing for them to even to even be to be uh, at the top table of English football. Um, but it's a game that us as Everton fans, you know, we've got our eyes on as we've got to take three points. You know, 
even before the game against Brentford, and we discussed it, we could, we could quite easily have been on one point after six games. Luckily, we're on four. Um, but all eyes were on Luton and Bournemouth coming next to Goodison Park because of what comes after as well and the importance of of the manager getting some kind of points from those games to you know to to make everyone, including him, feel a little bit better. But are you nervous going to that game, Lee? You know, in, in terms of the fact that Luton haven't won a game, the fact that we probably all believe we're going to be fighting with them at the bottom bottom end of the table. Um, and it's important that we we pick you know we pick points off them and 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 try and try and pull away as as early as we can. No, 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 mate, no, none of this negativity, mate. Come on, <laughs> I know that's it. That's 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 the Everton, and you're coming out there saying that Luton are going to get their first win against us because they're due it. Um, that's been indoctrinated into us, isn't it, over the years? That, but um, no, no, I, I personally think genuinely. Although they put up a, a good performance against Wall yesterday, I, I think we'll have too much for him. We'll have too much for him. I, I'd be very surprised. Um, obviously, look, they'll put up a fight. Like you know, a lot of the promoted teams do early doors, don't they? You know, before they get on a bit of a bad run, and then obviously, you know, they they then tend to be. Um, and I expect them to be whipping boys for most teams this season. By the way, and that, that's no disrespect to them. I just think. You know they've done fantastically well, as you said, to get in the Premier League. The cash, the cash injection that'll give them. Um, but when you look at the quality across their team, you know um, I expect a lot of teams to beat them, and I expect us to do it as well. Um, and if we play anywhere like we did yesterday, not just in terms of quality, which I thought was there yesterday, but in terms of just you know don't take them for granted. Do you know what I mean? Go in there, play with the same intensity, be aggressive, win the second balls. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we can we can start turning this home form around. We discussed it last week, didn't we, on the podcast? The home form has been absolutely dreadful. It should be nowhere near what it should be at Goodison Park. Um, and I, you know, I, I expect this. It's a real opportunity for us to get another win. Um, and like you said, there's a, you know the game after that against Bournemouth is another real opportunity as well. So. I should be looking at this now going, look, there's, there's no foregone conclusions in football. We know that. But this could take a bit of the pressure off him as well if he can get a couple of wins together, as I said, before the next international break. Because um, that'll really then sort of hopefully put us in and around mid-table or something like that. And I believe currently, and this is with with the with, with, if the players stay fit, and I know a squad is fairly, fairly thin, especially in certain areas. But if the players stay fit, I, I genuinely think this is this is a mid-table Premier League team right now. Genuinely, um, it's not a European level team. You know, what I mean, I, we don't have the, the strength and depth for that. But for me, if we keep you know certain players fit, then then definitely this is a sort of you know twelfth, eleventh, tenth football team. I, I don't think we should be anywhere near um, the bottom, you know, the bottom three, four, five for me. Uh, I do think Luton will struggle this year, as they've shown already. Burnley will definitely struggle, we know that. Um, and I think there'll be a few other teams in and around there uh, as well. Um, but I expect this you know, to really stamp our authority on that game. And if we can get an early goal, I expect this to hopefully maybe get a couple more. Because with these strikers in the team now, we look way more of a goal threat than we did last season, don't we? We look way more of a goal threat. Um, uh, than we than we did at any point last season, 
And like I said before, you know, you've got Decore chipping in as he, as he was with a roughly one and two game uh, goals goals per game ratio. You know, you've got Harrison coming in who's got a goal in him. McNeil's got a goal in him. Danjuma's got a goal in him. You know, so suddenly, all of a sudden, we, we do look a lot more of a goal threat, don't we? I think we said that, though, haven't we? The fact that, you know, when we do have, have all our players fit, including, obviously, the, the, the return in Jack Harrison as well, there should be goals in this side, especially now with, as I say, with a couple of strikers who, who are of a, of a good level. We we know, obviously, how good Dominic Calvert-Lewin can be. We've seen it under Carlo Ancelotti, the number of goals that he scored. Uh, Beto, we, we've seen him even in, in the first sort of, you know, two or three games that he's played in, what what he's all about and what he can bring to this side. And, and he will improve, as we said earlier on in the show. You know, Dan Juma scored a couple of goals. The Corey scored a couple of goals. You've got, obviously, some set pieces, as we showed yesterday, when we, when we got back to what we were doing so well under Sean Dice last season. We were a threat from set pieces. We're, we're the biggest side in the Premier League. We're, we are the biggest side in the Premier League. So the fact that we've been so poor since the start of the season has been absolutely baffling. But having the likes of Tarkovsky, obviously off the mark yesterday, Brantwaite, Beto, Calvert-Lewin, Amadou Onana, Decore, who, as Pete said, he's he's not quite six foot, but he looks about six foot five. But he's he's a threat as well from, from set pieces. So, you know, we, we, we should have, when everyone is back fit, goals on this side. And obviously, Jack Harrison getting 45 minutes for the under-21s on Friday. Important. You know, he, he looked lively, obviously, Tiredness set in for the last 15 in the first half, but he, he looked a real threat in that first half an hour. He should be available for, if not Villa, then then definitely the, the Luton game, you would have thought, just to be in and around the squad. So it starts to look at that a little bit better now. And if you just got, got Seamus Coleman missing from the squad, you know, it, it, there are goals in it. There, there are, you know, we, we do look a bit more solid with, with the players that we've got. And one thing what I forgot to say earlier on, but one thing I want to say is, Ashley Young's coming for a lot of sticks from us, especially as well, by the way. But I thought yesterday, after getting a, a bucket inside about two minutes, his discipline for the rest of the game was terrific. I thought he did, he did really, really well. I thought he played well. He got the game well. And that, that's great to see. You know, Aston Villa fans told us that, you know, they were, they were a bit gutted that he actually didn't sign a new, a new one-year deal with them. And he chose to come to us. And I thought yesterday was his best performance, given the fact he was booked so early on. And that's what we want to see. We want, we want to see players you know, in a little bit of form and bringing something to the game. And and we know Ashley Young over the years has been a terrific player. And we know at 38 years of age, he's not going to be the same player he was 10 years ago. But, you know, we, we've got to start seeing players having the selections justified. And I think yesterday we, we saw that with him. So, you know, the, the feel-good factor has returned. Hopefully it can last longer than just, just one game. Hopefully it's going to be a, a real positive week this week. Um, but let's sound off with, with our predictions for the Luton game. We, we'll leave we'll leave the Villa game. Listen, anything can happen in, in the cup games, can't it? And we don't know who's going to start, who, who's not going to start. But the Luton game is the one I think, and, and Everton fans will will look to that to, to and put a lot of importance on that game to, to get three points. But Pete, what's your prediction for the Luton game? I'm going to say three nil. Very very positive. Lee, are you uh, full of the same kind of positivity? I'm going to agree with Pete. I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say three nil as well, um, and I think it'll be needed. Obviously, we don't count your chickens, of course, but um, um, I do think, like I said before, there's, there is gold in this team, and it, the longer we can keep Brantwaite and Tarkovsky playing together, 
the more comfortable I'll feel at the back as well. I thought both of them, as I said, were brilliant yesterday in different ways as well. You know, Bramfway, he's so comfortable on the ball, isn't he? He's passing, he's brilliant, two-footed, opens up that side of the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with Pete. I'm going to say 3-0. I'm going to say 2-0. Uh, I'll take any kind of win. I say the Goodison part this season has, has been has been really, really well, it's not born, it's born against Arsenal. That was I was close to close to four and then. But the, you know, the 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 first two games we should have really won, but not to see an Everton goal so far in those first three home games has been really disappointing. But I think it's certainly time to change that. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two nil. Um and I'd i just like a game where we can get a couple of goals ahead and feel feel fairly relaxed. Let, let, let us let us let us boss a game of football and and let, let let the fans relax over the course of the of the ninety minutes. But it's um it's a big game, it's an important game. Obviously that that, that pressure reliever win against Brentford is absolutely massive and it does take a little bit of pressure off the manager, off the players. Hopefully they can they can play a bit more relaxing football themselves as well, uh, and not be so uptight and, and on edge at Goodison Park because we, we need to get back to Goodison Park being a difficult place to visit for, for opposition teams, which it hasn't been for a long, long time. But that is us for today. Uh, thanks for listening as as usual. Uh, thanks to Paul. He was on in, in the first half. If you can do, obviously, make sure you, you, you give them a follow on on social media, um, on Twitter, at Kitted, at Kitted Out One. Uh, loads of stuff going on before Christmas to, to help, obviously, the, the, the kids in the local area to, to sort them out with football kits of the, of the favourite team. And we'll be back ourselves next weekend uh, to look back on that, that Luton game and obviously the Villa game in, in midweek as well. And look ahead to another home game after that, which is against Bournemouth. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.